coffin could ever hold him. No door could ever bar his way. He is back from the dead. Count Dracula is alive. Risen from the grave, Dracula, the most fearsome name in any language, the most feared being ever to haunt the living. Carlson, Hammer's new star discovery, Dracula's most beautiful victim. Dracula has risen from the grave. To resist him is useless. To rise against him is futile. To know him is eternal damnation. Dracula has risen from the grave. Hello, welcome to Movie Humpers. I am Bob Sham. I'm Angela. And welcome to Halloween Home Fest. Every weekday, we're doing a horror drop. It's a lot. By the end of the month, 27 total horror discussions. 27 different movies we'll be discussing. Every Monday, we are going through the first several Hammer Film Dracula fair, uh, most of which stars Christopher Lee. We're not going to be able to get through them all. I think by uh, by the time it's all said and done, there will be about four more left on the table. There will be four okay. more Christopher Lee Draculas that we have not seen. As they get into the 70s, the reception starts, you know, the diminishing returns perhaps. Sure. I think maybe around Dracula AD, which we will not get to, that also has the return of Peter Cushing. Um, <gasps> but I that, want to. that might be the next peak. Yeah. And then after that, like maybe not. But now we're talking about, uh, Dracula has risen from the grave from 1968, directed by, uh, not Terrence Fisher, but Freddie Francis, who is That's actually, a good name. well, it is a good name. And he also has, uh, high credentials as a, director and cinematographer working on movies such as The Innocence and as well as uh, being a cinematographer for a few David Lynch movies such as his Dune and The Elephant Man um, as well as the the one, The Straight Story, that one we haven't seen that uh, yeah, Sissy, I think Sissy Spacek is in it. 
I haven't seen Elephant Man either. Yeah, these are ones that are kind of, you know, some of the David Lynch stuff, it's, I kind of, you kind of separate, Elephant Man is considered a great movie, but it does seem like it's its own thing because so much of David Lynch's other movies, they feel very American to me. Very much um, some warped version of Americana. And, but Elf, so Elephant Man kind of feels like it's on its own island because that's about, what is his name? John Merrick, that guy. And it's uh, uh, John Hurt supposed to be fantastic in it. I don't know how we haven't seen that, but we'll we'll probably fix that before too long. Cool. But yeah, Freddie Francis was the cinematographer on those movies. That's cool. And so he's he's a guy that uh, appeared to have his finger on things by the time a lot of British quality British film coming up in the seventies that this guy had his fingerprint on and uh, and kind of developed a great reputation. But we all got to start somewhere, right? So he's up in some hammer horror. And yeah, he directed Dracula's Risen from the Grave. Starring, written by Anthony Hines, starring Christopher Lee, Rupert Davies, Veronica Carlson, Barry Andrews, and several more. When we last left Dracula in Prince of Darkness, he fell into some ice right outside of his castle. And that's so, so we got a Monsignor now in this movie coming into the town. This is a year later. And he's, and he, and nobody wants to talk about Dracula still, even though everyone thinks he's dead or what. There is a brilliant opening scene to this movie. Oh, right. However, so there is a young boy. Yeah. Who works in the church. He's a mute boy. He's a mute boy. He's gone. He's cleaning. He goes up to the altar. The church looks beautiful and you know, well taken care of. He's cleaning. He goes up to the altar and like pays his respects, whatever you say. And then he goes and it's time to ring the bell. And blood. And he goes to grab the bell and there's blood all over his hands. And he looks up and there's blood dripping down and he runs up the staircase. And the next thing you see is the Monsignor outside and you hear the boy screaming. Yeah. And then, and then running out of the building and the Monsignor goes up and finds that it is a woman who has been bitten. bitten and then shoved up the, inside the bell. Here's my question, though. Who killed that woman? Well, that was a year ago. So then I think it flashes forward. I think that the, it's posited. In my mind, Dracula killed her before he got frozen. So sometime in that when he was trying to just, like, sustain himself, You're right. He it, ate time, her. Time has passed because they made it a point to Monsignor was, when he comes back, he's Yelling at people for not going to church. Well, that guy, yeah, that guy comes from a different place. He's like coming to check on the town, but he's still and, there to lecture everyone for not going. Yeah, to church. but he's not the priest of the of the town. So, like, the priest of the town is the one who finds the dead girl. And then fast forward to a year later, and the church is like in shambles. There's spider webs everywhere. No one's at church, and they do like a tiny little mass just. The priest and the young mute boy. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's when the Monsignor shows up and he's like, where the fuck is everybody? Because they feel like it's a cursed place and that the 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 shadow of the castle apparently touches I this actually church. Lo- I actually love that fact. I think yeah. that's a great. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Like for all the superstition, of course, if the shadow of the castle touches the church, you're not going to go to the church. We watched this and the Wicker Man pretty close together yeah. and they seem like interesting companion pieces in terms yeah. of Catholicism. Well, because I actually said to you, you know, it seemed as though it's so interesting to me. Some of the Catholic rites, I think that's the way to say it, right? Are like doing witchcraft. Or wrongs. You can call them Catholic yeah. wrongs as well. <laughs> but it's like, it's like spells. Yeah. It's like doing witchcraft. You're like throwing, 
you know, I don't know. There's it, symbol symbolically. There's the prayers are basically. When you really get into the weeds, this shit's spells. not. When you get into the weeds, this shit's not that different from they anything else. They have roots else. in the same thing. Of course, yes. But yeah, this movie you could almost um, call it a little bit of Catholic propaganda. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, in the la- our last recording of uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, you had hoped that you would see Dracula fall in love. I did. I think he's trying, but it's not working out. I think that he, that is the goal in this one because, well, and obviously I think we can get there in like two sentences, which is that the Monsignor comes back and no one's at church. So he's like, we got to go to Dracula's castle. He makes the priest go with him. Yeah. But that this whole, this whole pub, they don't want to even talk about Dracula. Oh, they try the, to say it's not. The yeah. Monsignor is just, he's pissing them all off even talking about Dracula. Yeah. Like, they're going to turn Lutheran on his ass if they don't stop. I'm pretty sure one of Martin Luther's complaints was that there was too many Catholic priests throwing around Dracula's name willy-nilly, you know? So Sure. Just just stop being Catholic, right? Um. So the next day they go, and the Monsignor's carrying this, like, huge golden cross, mm-hmm. and he makes the priest go, but the priest can't make it. He, like, is so scared that he can't keep walking. Yeah. And so the Monsignor's like, fine, stay here. I'll come back and get you. Well, this priest is an idiot. A clumsy oaf. And he falls, and he busts his head open, and it also busts the... Ice open. Cracks the ice. Right above a absolutely perfect looking. Preserved Dracula. Dracula. And the blood goes through the cracks. Into Dracula's in, mouth. Into and his goes, mouth. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. <laughs> so Dracula, he pops up, does his, he, he looks as sad as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks definitely sadder in the last movie, but he still looks pretty sad here. Yeah. And he and then he mesmerizes that that priest, and that priest essentially becomes his Renfield for Which, most like, of the movie. Then whose religion is stronger? So Monsignor is like, "Hey, where'd that priest go?" And they're like, "Oh, he had to go." be by himself which was a lie he had never left dracula's side like why did they lie about they just wanted the monsignor to go yeah i think that if they had said he never came back the monsignor would be like let's all go look for him and they just wanted him to fucking get out yeah so they lied because they just assumed i'm sure they just assumed he was dead they say later in the movie that like maybe if we don't diss dracula he'll leave us the fuck alone absolutely they're like we don't want to bother him if we ignore him maybe he'll ignore us so then the monsignor's like right now i gotta go home so he goes to his travels all night to his hometown and he lives with his dead brother's wife and daughter yeah so he lives with a sister-in-law and a niece this movie we get a lot of um a lot more developing of characters throughout the towns and stuff a lot, a lot of the previous movies are just kind of like a scramble to deal with the vampirism that's happening. Yes. There's a little bit more unpacking and characterizations of several people that aren't directly orbiting Dracula, but will before the end of the movie. Absolutely. Well, you know, his, his, uh, his sister-in-law never does. Mm-hmm. But Dracula asks the priest when he gets back to his house, he says to the priest, who put this fucking cross on my house? Yeah. And the priest is like, it was the Monsignor. And instead of the priest removing the cross and Dracula just going in, they're yeah. like, oh, no, no. We have to go dig someone up from the cemetery. We have to, like, dump out this woman's dead body. We have to, like, 
put Dracula in it. And I can't, I wish I could remember the name because it showed the nameplate so very yeah, yeah. many times that I wondered if there was I any wasn't sure if it meant anything. Right. Yeah, and I didn't look it up. I wish I had whatever. You guys look it up. The priest takes him to the Monsignor's town. So now they're like both in the Monsignor's area because basically he's like, I got to get this Monsignor. Well, he ends up finding and biting this girl who works in the bar. Another like horny barmaid. Yeah. Who we meet her. Her dumplings are boiling over. Dumplings are boiling over, Zena. Her dumplings are boiling over and she's, she's real fun. And at this place works this hunky young guy who likes to read. And everyone likes to be like, you and your books. You and your dusty old books. Your boring study. Reading, reading, reading. What's reading going to do for you? But he's dating the Monsignor's niece. Yeah. And he goes over to meet the Monsignor. And he reveals through questions. He's just answering questions. And the Monsignor has just said, it's so refreshing for someone to be just honest with me. No one's ever just honest. And then he's, and then, and then he asks him like what his faith is. I'm an atheist, sir. I beg your pardon. I'm an atheist, sir. I mean, you deny the existence of God. I don't deny it. I just don't believe it. It's my own opinion, sir. Do you know who I am? Yes, sir. And you come here to my house speaking this blasphemy? You asked for my beliefs, sir, and I've given them. It was an honest answer, sir. You said you liked people to be honest. Don't be impertinent. First he goes, you're not Protestant, are you? Oh, yeah, and he's like, no, no. And he's like, oh, thank God. He's like, sir, I just told you the truth. You just said you value the truth. Now, he valued the truth when the boy said he didn't like cigars. And when he didn't like wine. So, but, so the mother is like, she, he's polite. He's like, he asks the mother, should I go? And she's like, yeah, I think you should. And he stands up and he apologizes to her and he says, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and he even says good night to the, to the Monsignor. And then he leaves and the daughter wants to follow. And the mom's like, no, 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 no. You just need to stay here right now. So he goes back to the pub where he's working part time to and staying there, and he meets the uh, the barmaid whose dumplings were boiling. And she's over. hot for him. Yeah, she's totally hot for him. She's a little older. And there's this setup scene where he gets hammered because he's sad that that happened. He doesn't. He only drinks beer. He doesn't drink hard liquor, so he wants schnapps. Yeah, and so he ends. She ends up helping him. To his bedroom, and she's kind of pawing at him, and he's drunk. He doesn't know what's going on. Meanwhile, you see uh, the daughter. What was her name? Marie or something? Maria? Maria. Uh, coming, And it's these rooftop set pieces. So much of this movie takes place on <laughs> rooftops. Is actually really cool. Like, like, it's like the kind of thing you wish you had access to to, like, get to your best friend's every house. Every character, house. they made this rooftop set pieces, and they're like, we're going to use the fuck out of them. She Everyone climbs. is climbing the roofs. It's like they're playing hot lava with this town. Yeah. And no one can touch the streets. So, Maria makes her way and and she's approaching the window and you know that that barmaid and she's pawing at that drunk and dude. And you just know that she's going to look in and see that barmaid he's kissing cheating on him me. and be like, he's cheating and she's going to run and like hurt herself or like go back home. Seen her. Hello. What's going on? Nothing. What happened? Three large snaps. That's what's happened. He's not used oh, to it. Oh, it's poor. Uh. You better help me get him into bed. No, no. She just goes in the door and the barmaid goes, oh, there you are. 
You take care, you know. She immediately understands, like, oh, he's drunk. He has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the barmaid's even tra- playfully trying to undo his Yeah, and she's pants, like, stop and it, she's stop like, it. No. It's like the most understanding, maybe watching all these fucking lame-ass sitcoms and rom-coms our mm-hmm. whole life. We just expected this, like, forced conflict in which... Yeah. But no, it was a scenario where she completely understood what was going well, on. And, also, and was not mad about it. Also, she is a girl who is confident in the relationship. She's, like, th- she knows that he loves her. She knows that he's not going to fuck that this girl. This proves that that character is not insecure. She is not insecure. Unfortunately, the barmaid is. She is. So then she's, you know, she's drunk and she... No, she's not drunk, but it's late. And she needs to walk home. And even, um, you know, the 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 owner of the bar tried to be like, "Would you like to stay with?" I know. Me? He's and like, she's like, "No, no, I'm." I mean, go throw home. your line out there. I mean, why I not? mean, they probably fucked at some point. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But she's like, "No, no, I got to go home." So she starts walking through the woods, and this is interesting. Basically, the priest, who I don't know his name, but he ends up bad sort priest. of like chasing her. Bad priest chases her with the horse and carriage. And then she thinks she's gotten away from him, but then she turns and there is Dracula. Yeah. But listen, she, faster than anyone, is like, oh! like it's like not really, but she you're, very much yeah. is like, take me. Like she's you're my, ready. You're my boyfriend. And then, yeah, because then, you know, the next day she's been bitten, but she's not dead. So she's like around and, you know, things are happening. And that's the next day. When somehow Dracula finds out that the Monsignor has a niece and he's like, oh, no, I don't want this barmaid. I want that niece. That's the real revenge. The barmaid literally just wants to be loved by Dracula. She looked at him and was like, he's like, you need to go get her for me. And she's like, Maria, bring her to me. What do you want her for? You've got me. Bring her to me. What? That's actually... I love this character so much, and that broke my heart a little bit because you. I feel like that is not the first time she has said that. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's like she's the girl that people fuck, not who they take home to their mother. Yeah, yeah. And she thought for once, this is a fucking vampire. I got a count. We can do this. He turned me, or he's turning me. But no, Dragon ends up killing her and tells the bad priest dispose of this because he did turn her but she was like yeah but out of it's it. like he glammed she hadn't woken up it's yet. like he like yeah like he drained her and she was turned but he also like glammed her where she was like stuck with this smile on her face yeah. so he's so the bad priest shoves her in a fireplace and i think vampires just burn up faster yeah it doesn't seem like a good idea for a regular person there to is just a- shove into a fireplace. There's a know? great image where after like her whole body is burnt, he like picks up her shoe that fell out and like chucks it chucks in the fireplace. It in there, it's so yeah. cool. Yeah, she burns really quickly, but before she burns, she does bring the girl to him. Yeah. And he sees the girl, but he doesn't get to bite her because she starts screaming. Screeching, yeah. And so he then comes to her room. Yeah. And she she's seen him now. So when he comes, he does have control of her, like even though she was scared. When she comes in, or when he comes in, she opens her doors. Like, that's the thing. There's never, like, a, Dracula, please come into my room. But it's that, it's that like, the doors are open and I am here to receive you. Now, so he can just walk right in. It's important to note that when Dracula approaches her, often when we see Dracula pop up on somebody or go to bite somebody, he gets red-eyed. But he wasn't red-eyed when he, he approaches Maria. The second time. The first time when he had red eyes, that's when she got scared of him. Right, right. And I think... 
that he didn't want her to be scared of him. So when, yeah, he came back, he came to her room, he had regular eyes. And also, can we just for a second, and I, I just want you to like clip this in if you can, the way that he smiles, it's like this. <laughs> I love it. But anyway, he, he's very creepy. Um, now there's a, I don't, I've never read the Bram Stoker novel, but I know in, uh, I think it was in Coppola's Dracula, maybe it's indicative of the novel, that Dracula pursues Mina after seeing a picture of her because Mina looks like uh, uh, his late wife that mm. that passed away before he became a vampire. So I think there's, so I think there is always this thing floating around with Dracula where he has these wants, where he wants to uh, re- have some kind of companion and maybe he doesn't like what he gets, but what he's pursuing, he definitely always wants. And you get the feeling that he really wants this to work out with Maria as a proper vampire bride. The way that he, he like, he doesn't kiss her, but he like, it's like he rubs his lips Along her face or like his cheek against her cheek. Like it's very tender. Yeah. It's like very, very tender. And then he does bite her. Notice that the bite marks look more gnarly in this one. They looked disgusting. They looked gangrenous. Like is there something wrong with Dracula? Like he's like like a little more infectious than he used to be? I don't know. It's so funny. I've never seen. I feel like every other vampire movie, it's either like just like punctures or it's like your neck is ripped open, you yeah. know? But this, like, idea that it almost looks like tiny volcanoes on their necks. Well, yeah, like, it's almost it's so way weird. too protruding. And this that was, like, gray and huge, yeah. it's, it's weird. I mean, I guess if you really did get bitten, you would swell and it would be bruised. And so maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. It's weird, though. I think Mon- now Monsignor catches Dracula in the room. So Dracula gets chased off with crosses and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Monsignor's like, um, he goes to chase Dracula and he gets cracked in the head by the bad priest. They're going across the rooftop. Again on the rooftop, yeah. So Monsignor is dying. He's had probably brain bleed or something. And then he asks for the, the, the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I forget his name, Paul. Yes. Uh, asked for Paul to come and watch over Marie, Maria, because he knows Paul will try to protect her, even though he's a filthy atheist. Well, and but uh, that was a kind of a lovely moment when Paul was like, I swear I'll protect her. And he goes, I wish you could swear on the Bible, but you've taken that option away from yourself. <laughs> and Paul goes, you have my word. And he looked at him earnestly and he was like, I know I yeah. do. And but Paul, he trusted him. And Paul doesn't know the bad priest is bad. He, right. He recruits him to come help him out. He goes to get his clothes and brings him with him. And then Paul um, catches him trying to get rid of some stuff because they're, they're putting some garlic around her and some He needs crosses. the priest to read the Latin so he knows what to do. Dracula needs him to remove the cross from her. And this is why he doesn't take the cross off the door, I guess, because... He absolutely cannot, without quaking in absolute fear, even touch that cross. Yeah. But so Paul catches him doing some shit, and then he like he he snatches his ass. He's like, "We're going to Dracula right now." So they go to Dracula, and he pull. You point out there's no hammer in this hammer film. No hammer. There is the biggest stake I've ever and seen. He, and he pulls out this comically large stake, <laughs> and then he it's like three 
three feet long. Standing over Dracula in his uh, in his casket, and he like jabs it into him. And you notice that whenever they're stay in all the Hammer movies here, all these Draculas, it seems like they're staking right at the top of the stomach, mm-hmm. like right under the rib cage, mm-hmm. not so much right by the heart. So he stabs. It should technically be like here. Yeah, and they stab like here. Yeah, like in yeah. every movie. Yeah, and so he stabs Dracula. And then the bad priest is like, you have to pray now. And he's like, what are you talking about? You pray. And he's like, now this is a rule I didn't know that you have to say a prayer after you stake him. Maybe that's a Bram Stoker rule. This rule rule didn't happen in any of the movies before this. It just seemed like an extra thing because this has to be about Paul's crisis of faith or lack thereof, right? That's the, that's the, the underlying plot of this movie. Yeah. And so Dracula survives the staking. Because he didn't pray. Maybe you had to pray because it was Dracula? I don't know. Because he's stronger? Because we don't have to do it with anybody else. But Dracula's got Maria pretty well mesmerized, and now he wants to take her back to the castle. And it's actually really sweet. He, like, she's following him, but she doesn't have any shoes on. Her feet are getting torn the fuck up. And at some point, because she's, like, getting torn up... He picks her up and carries her the rest of the he way. He likes her. He likes her. And then she removes the cross, which just, she's stronger than the priest. Yeah, sure. Um, so she removes the cross, but that's when Paul shows up. And uh, the cross falls down the cliff and like, and like jabs into the ground, like face up, like the cross is standing. And then Paul starts to tussle with Dracula. You see what's coming after you see the cross like yeah. land into the ground and Dracula gets flipped over and he impales himself on the cross. And then the bad priest sees that and does a prayer, looks to the sky and prays in Latin. Maybe maybe Paul had to p- pray in Latin. I don't think Paul knew Latin. The worst part of this movie is the next second when they cut to Paul and Maria and Paul crosses himself. <laughs> like now he's religious. That's it. <laughs> Just in case. I mean, I guess like I guess one could argue that he met a Dracula. And the only thing that killed the Dracula was praying to God. So I guess God has to be real in this universe. I mean, Dracula will run from a cross. Does Dracula run from the cross because he also believes in the power of that cross? He you has know? to, What right? if it's another faith? Like, what if, like, uh, um, like a, a Muslim man is fighting Dracula? Would any, like... It yeah. d- I mean, if anyone could take sticks and do this in these movies, right? So it seems like a cross... Should be effective if the holder believes in it. And Dracula yeah. is kind of a believer, right? Must be. In some way. He's just willfully, whether it's his fault or not, we don't know how Dracula became a vampire. How cool would he that be? He is kind be? of just cursed. He might. Dra- I mean, we have established that Dracula is, is kind of a tragic figure in these yeah. movies. Yeah. You know, it's, it would be an interesting twist on it, and I wonder if anyone ever has done it. Like, if there's a vampire that doesn't believe in God, like an atheist vampire, 
And that shit doesn't work on him. Like, holy water doesn't work and crosses don't work. Yeah, it's... Like, I guess you could still get him with the running water. I'd never heard that. I know you had. I hadn't. Mm. And, like, sunlight, of course. And a stake in the heart, sure. But, like we said, that's going to kill anybody. I kind of wanted to see a scene where Paul is, like, he's throwing a cross at him because he's heard that's what you got to do. I always read it. And it doesn't work because Paul doesn't believe. It doesn't work because Paul doesn't believe. That would be cool. It seems like an interesting detail that, you know, maybe there is, there's a lot of vampire movies out there. Maybe that's been done. I don't know, but. uh, Well. But Dracula. Dracula dies. He kind of disappears in a, in a puddle of blood with his cloak. Oh yeah. Draped across the cross. That's in the ground. Again. Yeah. So. Who's going to sweep up the ashes for the next movie? We got one more for our month. Like I said, there is a few more beyond what we're actually going to discuss. But how many times can Dracula come back from what seems like obvious death? Nine? The, the last movie. Is he a cat? I think he, was, I think he played Dracula at least, six, at least six times total. I love it. He's so, perfect. He is pretty great. I love him so much. So we're going to rate this movie, Hump It. As we say sometimes, uh, one, you're going to give one through five, I'm going to give one through five combined for best out of ten. Definitely a lot more character development in this, but also some weird, like, plot point, like, what kind of things yeah, as yeah. well. So, what do you, and also this is, there is a little bit of Catholic propaganda here, so I don't think it can go that high because of that. But, still a fun movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to give it a 3.75. I'm going to give it a 3.25. Okay. So that brings it up to a 7. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a good score for That's a for great it. score. It's conversations about theology and philosophy within it. And I and don't know if there's, like, genuine love between these two young kids. Like, they have, like, cute moments together. And I don't know if this is, like, literally Catholic propaganda, but it just isn't already within the lore that's of these insane. things. Yeah, it's you know? just to be expected. Uh, Right between... Batman Returns and Barbie, Freddie Francis's 1968 Dracula has risen from the grave. Uh, I wrote Grace there. I meant the right grave. I (laughs) I feel like I misspell all the time. Risen from Grace. Accidentally. Check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Um, We're plowing through Halloween Hump Fest. Uh, what do you think? Uh, leave us a like and subscribe. More movie talks. Air, just constant movie talks. It's, um, I think this week we already pre-recorded, um, the Frighteners. Mm-hmm. And though I didn't know it at the time. It's our 100th episode. The Frighteners is our 100th episode this week. Happy 100 episode. Yeah. So look, we put out, we were putting out a lot of discussion. We're slowly building our subscribers. Our subscribers are coming in faster than we're dropping episodes, so that's good. Yes, that's amazing. Thank you. So, yeah, so, you know, but yeah, it's going to be, I do believe, if I added it up right, that Frighteners is our 100th episode. So keep liking it. Keep subscribing it. Please leave a comment. And most importantly, death to all traitors. (laughs) Thank you.